it's Hillary. And Megan, and this is more booze, please. 13 Nights of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tonight's episode is all about hometown hunts. Hometown hunts. We're taking you all the way to Alabama. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Sweet home. Huntsville. Sweet home. Roll Tide. You know I play Sweet Home Alabama every single day at work. Really? Every I, single day? I, every, it's on a playlist. <laughs> and I, I, the second I hear it, I'm like, turn it up. <laughs> and one day, my coworker skipped it. I said, who the hell just skipped Sweet Home Alabama? And they were like, me? And I was like, we're going to go back and replay. Pay your respects. So now it's never skipped because they know that I will come out of my office and find whoever skipped it. And I'll be like, now let us learn a lesson about Leonard Skinner and why we don't skip Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> okay? It's the one thing I got. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me have my two minutes. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Well, you would imagine that the city of Huntsville, with the oldest and largest cemetery in the state, is probably a pretty eerie place, and we've talked some about the haunted locations throughout the podcast, but tonight we're going to go into a little bit more detail about a few more. Mm-hmm. To start, we will give a little history on the city of Huntsville and what makes it so great and just full of intriguing history. So, to start, right with it. Pioneer John Hunt. It's also really weird to hear these names just before we get started because I'm like, oh my gosh, John Hunt Park played soccer there, you know? Mm-hmm. No? Okay, whatever. No, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Uh, Pioneer John Hunt occupied a cabin alongside a spring in 1805. He is where the name came from. Soon a town began to grow and flourished and became the largest in Alabama territory. The same year, the leaders met with the Congress to grant Alabama statehood. During the 1840s and 50s, Huntsville was the cotton trading center of Tennessee Valley. Leroy Pope purchased land at an auction and donated land for the town. He picked the name Twickenham for the area, and he had a relative, Alexander Pope, who was a poet and wanted to honor the London suburb. But the name went back to its original Huntsville name to pay honor to the first man who settled it. I love Old Town Huntsville and Twickenham. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me miss, like, when I think about it, I miss the architecture. You don't see houses built that way in here in California. It's pretty far and few between. I saw, like, an old house, like a Victorian-style house the other day. And it's sad because it's a literally only Victorian house. And it's, like, all these, like, typical, like, small little California houses, like, right after it. And I'm like, see, there's an entirety, like, an entire neighborhood full of mm-hmm. these houses. It just yeah. makes me, makes me miss a little bit. It's beautiful, and it's got so much history, too. Like, every single house mm-hmm. in that area of Huntsville is just haunted. <laughs> like, every single one. Because, like, if you ever take a ghost tour or anything like that in Huntsville, you can, like, walk down the street, and it'll be like, oh, this house burnt down, or this school burnt down, or this house was taken over by Union soldiers, and this house was Mm -hmm. too, and, like, every single house has history to it that's just, like, mind-blowing. My favorite fun fact about Alabama to tell people here is that it's considered, like, the space capital of America. A lot of people don't realize how much Huntsville gave to the space program. Like, I actually had someone at work the other day who was a doctor, (laughs) and he was like, 
I said something like, oh, yeah, um, I'm from Huntsville. And he was like, oh, Huntsville. And he made fun of me, first of all. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, how did I say it? Huntsville. He goes, Huntsville? Huntsville. Not Huntsville? Huntsville. Or no, Vol. That's what he was making fun of me. Huntsville. I was like, Huntsville. And he was like, Huntsville? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Huntsville. He was like, Huntsville? And I was like, no, Huntsville. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, mm. And then I was like, bro, I grew up there. You gotta say it with like a country accent, Huntsville. Huntsville. And then he was like, um, and then I was like, yeah, you know, like there's a lot of cool things there, like space and stuff like that. Like it all started there. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, in, in Alabama? Yes, in Alabama. We don't just run around barefoot, guys. We build rockets because we're dumb enough to ride the rocket. That's the thing. <laughs> That's where the two come together. No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary's like, Megan, stop offending people. You know, I had a, um, I met a guy once before who said that his, um, like, uncle helped build one of the rockets. Typical with Huntsville, everyone's uncle built a rocket somehow. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yeah, I helped build, like, one, the Mercury rocket that sent, like, the first men into space from America. And he was like, yeah, or was it the Mercury rocket? Wasn't that? Mm-hmm. Mercury Redstone. Was that the first? It was the first. Yeah, 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 And he was like, yeah, my uncle said that it was pretty much built it with t- duct tape, and he wouldn't trust himself in it, and he mm-hmm. was the guy that built it. I've heard that, too. My <laughs> grandpa like, helped she... build Skylab. Oh. The first space Yeah, station. that was. Yeah. Skylab. Mm. Mm-hmm. What happened on Skylab? Didn't they all go, like, get pissed off and, like, refuse to work because they weren't being, like, fed or they had to work too many hours? Probably. There was, like, a revolt on on Skylab. While they were in space, they were like, <laughs> screw you, we're not working anymore. <laughs> Anyways, back to topic. In the 1950s, Huntsville only had around 16,000 citizens and was still considered a cotton market town. During this time, German rocket scientists came to the Redstone Arsenal and began to develop the rockets. The team was led by Werner von Braun, who developed the rocket which orbited American's first satellite, which was Explorer 1. And just to note... von Braun or von Braun? No, it was von Braun. It's von Braun. Mm -hmm. It was Braun. And -hmm. then he came to America and he said that he needed to be called Braun. Brown. I thought it was opposite. I thought it was... And brown. Maybe it was brown. And he it's come here whatever. and everybody was like, Braun. So it's just <laughs> Braun. Because it it's the Von Braun Center. Well, there's some there's some news people that call it the Von Braun Center. Because they know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you said there's one thing that yes, you needed to also say. Also during this time, Huntsville was known as the watercrest capital of the world. Just a fun. Yeah, fact. wasn't it, like covered in watercress, and they used to like um, collect them. <laughs> collect them, yes. <laughs> Scavenging. Scavenging for watercress in Alabama. Um, Redstone Arsenal is one of the Army's posts responsible for research, development, production of support of missiles, aviation, rockets, and anything in between. Huntsville is full of engineers, scientists, and technical specialists. Literally. Anyone you meet is probably an engineer. Yeah. They're probably a scientist. Mom's Mom works on the space station. Dad built the rocket. Someone, you know. I mean, there's people that I know cl- very close to me that do this for a job. 
something I found interesting about Alabama when researching, which I think is really cool, and it just kind of, I try to explain to people that Huntsville is a bubble. I don't know how to explain that to people, but Huntsville is like, it's a bubble of its own thing, I guess. It's not like the rest of Alabama. It's a melting pot. Yeah, it's a melting pot. Because it's one of those things, like, people always freak out when they're like, oh, where are you from? Because, like, when you meet somebody in Huntsville, that's one of the first questions you ask because you know that they're not from Huntsville. Yeah. And when I'm, like, I I grew up in Huntsville, their mind is just blown. Like, I've had multiple Mm -hmm. people in my adult life tell me they've never met somebody from Huntsville. Yeah. And they've lived in Huntsville for years. The school that I went to, the high school that I went to, it was normal for us. Like, you just didn't get used to your friends, which sounds really sad, but it was a military school, pretty Mm -hmm. much. It was a public school, but its school system, what it was zoned for, was all of the Redstone Arsenal people, everyone that lived there on the base. And so... Every year, which is really funny, we knew we were going to get new kids. Mm-hmm. Mainly, we were like, we're going to get new boys. We're going to get new boys. <laughs> but, like, Christmas and summer, that's when they come. That's when the military is like, new station. So, you always knew that you're going to get new kids every six months, pretty much. But mm-hmm. you also knew that every six months meant kids were leaving. Yeah. They were going to, their parents were going off to their new duty station. And that happened a lot. Like, I would like have friends i would make sure i'm like where are you from they'd be like i'm from huntsville i'm like were you born here yes we can be friends (laughs) great (laughs) people come up i'm like where are you from they're like oh i just moved here from texas i'm like bye Bye. can't (laughs) know you friends you're gonna leave me in six months (laughs) but a cool thing is out of the hundred and ninety thousand residents of those residents 10 percent are natives of other countries Huntsville has a hundred languages and dialects that are spoken, and like Hillary said, it's truly a melting pot, which is why I miss it a lot. It's yeah, so you diverse should. and different. <laughs> Jeez, passive aggressive. Sorry, my tone is better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get to drive by and see rockets every day. I get to see the ocean every morning. I saw it. It was okay. Yeah, I've never been in for more than, like, my feet. Why? It's too cold. It's too oh. cold. It is really cold Freaking out there. Freaking cold. Huh? It is really cold out there. It's literally, and it's, it's like, blasphemy to say here. Like, if I'm like, oh, yeah, I like the ocean in Florida better. People are like, don't you dare say that. And I'm like, <laughs> bruh, it's hot. It's mm-hmm. like a bath water. Yeah. Like, I need to be fully clothed to go in this one and then run out and then have, like, a heater. Mm, that's I'm gonna offend a lot of people. Fun. I'm just kidding, California. I really enjoy your weather here in your your oceans. I don't. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's like our hometown is better. How much can we offend you? Yeah, so just go ahead and skip the episode now if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to get into our little ghost stories. Sure. I'll go first. Um, I'm gonna talk about the Whedon House. So, it was built in 1819, which was the same year that Alabama became a state. The house was built for a wealthy mercantile business owner, and at the time, he paid a mere $50 for the block of land and a huge home. Today, the Whedon House is worth about $4 million where it's at. It is the oldest house in Alabama that is open for tours, so if you're ever in Huntsville, if you live in Huntsville... Go check out the Whedon House. It's very pretty. You can have weddings there and stuff, so that's pretty cool. I feel like a like a non-Huntsvillian because when she was like, I'm doing the Whedon House, I was like, the what, what? Oh, you don't know what the Whedon House is? No, I feel so, like, dumb. 
Oh, I love the Wheaton House. And the director there is just, like, really nice, and she's just Southern I hospitality. I've seen it before, and I actually do know what it is, but yeah, I just didn't it's know the like, name. I want to say it's yellow with, like, green shutters downtown. My favorite house in Huntsville, though, is the one that has... Wait. Is this the house that has the massive nutcrackers? I have no idea. Because I just looked it up, and I think it is. Like, they have, like, massive toy soldiers for Christmas. I don't know. I think it is. I know exactly where this house is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry. Continue. (laughs) After the first owner went literally broke, the house was tossed from family to family until it landed in the possession of the Whedon family in 1845. The Whedon family had over 1,500 slaves and were pretty wealthy with multiple properties and a steady lifestyle. Dr. William Whedon went to New Orleans like six months after purchasing the home on a business trip. While there, he suffered a massive heart attack and he died. Shortly after, I think I read six months later, his wife gave birth to their daughter, Maria Howard Whedon. And later on, she goes by Howard, like through her art and her poems. But from reading... I think she went in person by Maria, so I'm just going to call her Maria Howard because I don't really know how she would want to be addressed, so I'm just going to do both. So Maria Howard would sit and paint by the window with a paintbrush consisting of three horse hairs. They said she would lean in so close to the canvas that her nose would sometimes dip into the paint because she was so nearsighted. The family continued to occupy the house until April of 1862 when Union soldiers requisitioned the home and used it as a headquarters for federal officers during the Civil War. And that's something that a lot of people may not know that happened. Like, if you don't live in this region, there was a lot of antebellum homes in Huntsville and in the South, like Atlanta. And if you go on, like, different history tours of the city, you will pass multiple homes where, like, families were literally kicked out of their home and the soldiers would just occupy their house And they would trash the place, like, absolutely just destroy it. And a lot of times they would just burn it down as they left. They would steal everything, like, just, yeah. And in the beginning of um, the Union stay in their home, Maria Howard and her three brothers and her mother moved into the slaves' quarters temporarily. Her brothers ended up enlisting in the Confederate Army. And Jane, who is Maria Howard's eldest sister, was attending college in Tuskegee, Alabama. So the rest of the Whedon family moved south to um, Tuskegee, and Maria Howard attended Tuskegee Female College with her sister. After the war ended, the Whedon family was able to return home to Huntsville. Their house was so torn apart. It was just destroyed, and they were left with very little to their name. Like, their house, like, the their dad had died and the house was really all that they had so when they come home and they didn't even have a house left they were just very very poor after that so maria howard began painting and selling her work to make ends meet for her family her work included painting like watercolor on postcards and she would sell them for five cents each in 1892 she attended the world's columbian exposition in chicago There, she was disgusted with the amount of racist propaganda and art on display. She saw paintings, mostly caricatures of black people that 
did not look like the black people that she knew and loved. She returned to Huntsville and dedicated the rest of her life to really showing the humanity and dignity of the Huntsville black community. As she would paint and sketch her black friends that she loved so dearly, she would talk to them about their experiences, their beliefs, and their dreams. She went on to write poetry that went with the portraits about the conversations that she had during that time. She didn't get rich off of her work. However, she appeared to do her best in bridging that gap between the black and white community at the time, especially in a place like Alabama. Today, her art is worth a lot of money. It's unfortunate that she didn't really get to see a dime of what it's worth today. Today, her work goes for thousands of dollars, where it only sold for like five cents back then. She lived a very short life, and she died in the same room where she was born at the age of 59 after her battle with tuberculosis. The Wheaton House is now sometimes referred to as the Weeping House because there are some parts of both the interior and exterior that paint continually peels away no matter how many coats are added. Another reason it is called the Weeping House is because the community believes the house is sad because of the history of things that happened there previous and during the Civil War. People that tour the house today say they experience cold spots, odd noises, and sightings. Some people have seen the apparition of, of a woman walking around the house in turn-of-the-century fashion. She sometimes walks frantically from room to room like she's really frustrated. It is also said that there are two women standing beside an old grandfather clock when it started chiming very loudly. Obviously, it startled the women, and they quickly moved away from the clock. But even more frightening, the women soon found out that the grandfather clock that they were standing beside did not have any working parts. Maria was saying, get out. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the Whedon house. I didn't know about the Whedon house. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I feel like it's because, like, in Huntsville, which I'm going to, like, talk about, so I guess I can just kind of get into it, but when people think of, like, when you ask someone, like, what's the craziest thing you've ever done in Huntsville? What's a spooky spot? They're like, dead children's playground. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all they say. We've talked about Dead Children's Playground. It is a spooky place, and it's interesting to go to. I mean, like, cops kind of, like, stay there now because too many people having fun, so. It's, like, the number one, like, most haunted spot in the county or something like that. Well, no, whenever you read, like, those things, it's, like, the 50 states' top scariest places, Alabama is Mm -hmm. always Dead Children's Playground. Yeah. I mean, it it is scary. Like, if you've ever been there, like, you're gonna experience something. Mm -hmm. No matter when you go. But I think that the Whedon House gives a little bit of interesting history. Because I feel like in terms of the Civil War, Alabama is one of the states that we look like pieces of shit. We look like awful people. Mm -hmm. But then you see like these like little glimmers of like goodness and people like Whedon and like her work that she did to try and bridge that gap and it makes me think that maybe the house isn't haunted and like such a negative energy now but more of like a a peaceful Mm -hmm. resolution if that makes sense and that's just something that I feel like you don't see a lot of in Huntsville just because of the history that has happened there Mm -hmm. for sure 
So, on to my topic. I was really excited to talk about Hometown Haunts because I was like, I'm going to do the Green Mountain family. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do. It's probably, like, one of, like, the spookiest things, like, stories that I've ever heard of in regards to, like, my friends because if y'all haven't caught on yet, I don't do the spooky stuff. I like talking (laughs) about the spooky stuff, but I, you will, you will not catch me there. You won't catch me there. I won't be there, but I'll listen to your story, but I won't go at all. And so this family lives on a place called Hell's Gate. And maybe one day we'll talk about it if y'all want to hear about Hell's Gate and all the crazy shit they do up there. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, maybe I can do more stories of Dead Children's Playground because I didn't really like talk about ghost stories that happened there, like people's experiences. We more like did like, yeah, it's it's haunted and Hillary touched on like the whole history of Dead Children's Playground. We kind I think we might have like told like a story too, maybe like a personal story of yours. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can probably find more history about Dead Dead Children's Playground. But then I was like, shit, the Kildare McCormick Mansion. <laughs> the Kildare Mansion. Now that is a place I want to talk about because I was so intrigued by this. I can mm-hmm. vividly remember the day I saw this place. I was in a car with someone and I was literally said, what the hell is that thing? I had never been on the side of town before. And so I'd never seen this like crazy looking house in the middle of like North Huntsville. And it's a, it's in like a really random part of Huntsville. It doesn't fit yeah. in at all. When I was looking up the explanations for it, it was really sad because it all described it as like the slums of Huntsville. And I didn't like that wording because I lived in North Huntsville for a bit and I liked the house I lived in. So, you know, whatever. I had really nice neighbors. Maybe neighbors like three do- three three doors down weren't so nice, but my neighbors were all nice. Was it considered that though during the time that the house was built? So, no, actually... It was, when I looked at it, it said that it was considered one of the best places to live in Huntsville. And the reasoning why I think is because I bet it wasn't too inhabited. Mm. I bet there was a lot of people there and there was a lot it's of land. A lot of land. Mm-hmm. And so they purchased that land. And then after years and years and years later, it became like a little town. Because like um, where it is, I feel like it was probably on like a pretty big plot of land, but it was a short commute to downtown. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Because it's close to downtown. Mm-hmm. It's like three minutes away back home. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I've always found it fascinating. And when I first saw it, I was like, let's stop and look at it. I want to see it. And the person (laughs) I was with was like, hell the fuck no. Do you want to die? And I was like, what? (laughs) Die? Why? And so, of course, my curiosity was caught right there. And I had no idea the history behind the house or even what it meant or what they meant by like, no, we will die. Because I was like, I just want to look at the pretty house. It's a mansion. It's like a castle in Huntsville, mm-hmm. Alabama. It looks like Hansel and Gretel to me. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's huge. So the Kildare Mansion was built in 1886 by Michael O'Shaughnessy, who was originally from Kildare, Ireland. He built this house with the vision of castles in Ireland to remember his homeland. The house has 40 rooms and is over 17,000 square feet, including the massive basement. I wish I had 17,000 square feet. I got like 700. (laughs) That's way too much to clean. Well, no, I don't want that. But, you know, more than 700 would be nice. Um, 40 rooms? Think about how dusty that gets. You'd have to clean at least like 10 rooms a week to clean your house monthly. (laughs) That's why they probably can afford maids. 
<laughs> um, only about 14 years later, O'Shaughnessy went blind, and he and his wife sold his house and moved to Nashville. Cyrus McCormick would become the new owner. He was a prominent industrialist and well-respected within the community. The house was sold to a trust fund for Mary McCormick, his mentally ill daughter. Cyrus kept her locked in the house because at the time there was no treatment options, so he literally just left her in the house with some nurses and some other people to, to care, for her, care for her, and then he would go on and do his own thing. When she was lucid, she was known for her kindness and her generosity. Cyrus used the mansion as a place for social events and gatherings. He lived at this house for over 30 years and then sold it. For 40 years, the house was sold to many different people who transformed the house into a number of things. It was an antique shop and even a brothel. In 1975, James Reeves brought the historic home, which had sadly been neglected, and restored it to the best he could. I think around this time in the 70s is when it was like a, um, you could go on like history tours in it. I think it was like a wedding venue. I read that people in the 80s had gone to this place for a wedding before and it was like insane and so cool and like the backyard was amazing, which is really sad because it's not what it's known for today. I wish they would turn it into an Airbnb. I know. It's so freaking, I want to go inside. Mm. I don't want to go no, inside with the people that live there, but I want to go inside. <laughs> In 2007, the current owners of the Kildare Mansion purchased the home. They were hoping to turn it into an event space for the community, but unfortunately, it's been the holy grail for vandalism. I remember when the owners tried to put up massive wooden fences around the home in an attempt to stop the vandalism and trespassing. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Did you go over there ever or hear, like, the whole drama behind it? Um, refresh my memory. So... They they were having there's like a whole bunch of videos on on um, YouTube. It's really sad, but it's also sad like both ways. No matter which way you look at it, it's like messed up from one side and messed up from the other. So people would try to go to this house um, and just look at it. And I'll get into more detail about what happens if you do that. But apparently, people were trespassing and actually like vandalizing this area. They were spray painting the side of the houses, throwing rocks at the windows, like completely like overstepping their boundaries a hundred percent. And it's because, like, where it is in Huntsville, it just doesn't make any sense. It's not near downtown Huntsville where the rest of the ho- these houses are. It's literally mm-hmm. in a place by, I think there's, like, a, there's a neighborhood that it's in, but there's, like, it, it's off of a really busy road, and there's, like, um, a Chinese a restaurant. or something. Yeah, like a yeah, gas station. Like, yeah. like, all these, it just doesn't fit. It's not in this, like neighborhood filled with like all these 1800 houses at all Mm -mm. the rest of the houses are like new probably like 1980s and up um so it just doesn't make any sense so a lot of teenagers and things like that will trespass and destroy the the house from the outside and because of this the the occupants were like well we're gonna build a fence and not just like a six-foot privacy fence like a 12-foot fence wooden Mm -hmm. fence completely wooden around the whole thing and they started building it and then Huntsville was like yeah no mm -mm, that's ugly (laughs) and so Huntsville was like it's unappealing and unwelcoming so we don't want that there so they sent them like a cease and desist but I'm pretty positive that they successfully built the fence around this home which is kind of sad if you think about it because you can't see the beauty of the home where it sits at all it's literally blocked from any view like you can't see it because of the fence now Mm-hmm. I completely understand why they want privacy because vandalism and trespassing is not okay. So it sucks. But one point, the family even was like, we're just going to tear it down. 
They were so sick of the trespassers. They're like, we're just going to tear the house down. They actually thought about that, which is so sad because of the fact that it's mm-hmm. such like a prominent historic place in Huntsville. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just couldn't understand like why they would want to do that. But then I'm like, okay, if you, if you're literally having people trespass on your house and in, into your like front of your house every day and spray paint it, I get it. Now, a warning to those in Huntsville, if you're trying to get a peek at this house, if you drive by slowly or stop in front of this house, a woman will emerge screaming at you. She'll spray you with a garden hose and throw things at you, including rocks. <laughs> People have said, she's, I've, I've heard stories, the person I was with was, the person said, hell no, mm-hmm. had gone there with a couple of their friends, and this happened to them, where they were, like, attacked, and they were like, yeah, <laughs> I would never go back at all. She's crazy. Yeah, people think, though, that possibly Mary McCormick's illness wasn't really an illness at all, but a, a curse of whoever lives in the mansion. So whoever lives there is cursed to have like, this mental illness where they um, scream profanities and stuff like that. It is said that Mary McCormick's ghost still torments the area and makes quite a ruckus. If you ask locals around, they will tell you about a woman weeping in the front yard who cries about the guests never showing up and how the lights will stay on at all hours because her guests have finally arrived and are in her ballroom. Which is some of the stuff that I have heard is like she'll come out like of the house and the lights will be on and cops will be like, why are you all your lights on? Like even like her like um, front yard lights will be on. She's like, my guests are here and there's no one there. Oh my God. So... It's more like of like a spooky, eerie feeling when you. I, I feel like if you pass this house, it is a spooky, eerie feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not like a welcoming feeling. It's like a oh shit, stuff has gone it's down like, in that house. It makes me think of the movie Monster House. <laughs> yeah, which can be our, our movie of the episode. Wow, look at that! <laughs> How did we do that? <laughs> it fits. We've had practice. There, I found an article, though, that actually shows the inside of a house, of the house, which is definitely spooky. Um, but I'm really sad that we missed the time where the place was, like, in condition to where you could actually go inside and tour it. Because the photos mm-hmm. that I saw are probably from, like, five, ten years ago. And the house is, is in disarray. It's a mess. Really? It's really sad. Apparently, the owners have just let it go that way because there's nothing they can do. Because even when they fix something people vandalize it and there's no use in fixing because they don't have the money to continue to fix other people's problems so it's kind of sad but yeah i think uh what did you say what movie is that again monster house monster house that's a great movie that That makes a lot of sense because what if mary mccormick died in the house and she is the house I mean, she probably did die in the house if she was locked in the house because oh, of mental illness. She did not die in the house, actually. I just remembered. She was sent, after she aged, got older, she was sent to a um, mental institute. And she or died so there. they say. Or so they say. Who knows? You never know. Even if she didn't die there, she could still haunt the house. True. My favorite part of that movie is when they open the door and they're like, what is that? And they're like, I think it's called the uvula. <laughs> and they like, poke it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's such a cute movie. It's so good. It's a great spooky movie for kids. Like, yeah. For sure. Like, a horror movie for kids, James and the Giant Peach. A good scary movie for kids, Coraline, fucking horror movie. What the hell? Not for kids. <laughs> but 
Monster's House because it's got a good ending. It's really sad. It's a feel-good movie. You just don't know it till the end. Yeah, it's scary, and then it's like, oh, shit. Poor guy. <laughs> the only other movie that I could think of was for Huntsville was Space Camp, the movie. Because Space Camp's in Huntsville. Space Camp. But... Fun fact, guys. Space Camp, the movie, has Joaquin Phoenix in it, so... And yeah. it did really bad in, in movies because it came out right after the Challenger disaster. Yes. Have so you watched that yet? The documentary? Mm-hmm. No. You should. We started um, The Right Stuff on Disney Plus last night, and it's really good. I haven't watched, like, any space shows. You should watch The Right Stuff. Did you know... That there is, you know, the Salem Witch House? Did you know that there is a replica of that house in Huntsville? I didn't. Which mm-hmm. The witch house really... where the judge that, like, Mm-mm. was involved in all that? Yeah. It makes me really so, sad that I did not know this about my own town. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it actually leads us right into our next episode because in the next Wait, what it's like the black one i just clicked on your mm-hmm. link yeah where is that it is it's in like the old town area what mm-hmm. it's covered on like all the ghost tours and stuff what mm-hmm. i'm from huntsville bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> apparently the house that was there before like burnt down and so this lady and her husband saw just a random plot of land like right in the middle of old town Huntsville and they're like we can't not buy that plot of land so they bought the land and I don't think they built anything on it for a while but then he moved up to Boston to get his master's degree at MIT and she went up with him but she would take day trips Mm -hmm. she would take day trips to Salem and she saw the Salem Witch House, and she's like, that's the house that I want. So they got the plans for it, and they built a replica. I think there's, like, one window or, like, one little area that's slightly different, and they added a fireplace, but everything else was, like, an exact replica of the house. Those are my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to knock on our door, but <laughs> I'm like, not gonna. Hi, hello. I think we have things in common. <laughs> I really wanted to, like, call her and be like, can I film this or record this episode in your house? Thank you. Please. <laughs> well, guys, if you haven't or if you can't go to Salem just and you live in Alabama, mm-hmm. go to the Salem Witch House in Huntsville because it sounds pretty cool. Yes. But and you'll have to- I, oh. I was just going <laughs> to tell them about our next episode. Okay, go ahead. Because our next episode is all about Haunted bars in Salem. So, mm-hmm. tune in tomorrow night to get some haunted bars. Bars in Salem. So, if you want to hear more haunted stuff in our 13 days of Halloween, it is quickly coming to an end. Mm-hmm. We're almost done. We have two more episodes. Which is crazy. But, while you're no, here... three more. Yeah, three, three more. more episodes. We got Salem... We got one more, and then we got the last one. We won't spoil it for you. You guys have to stick. Not yet. Nope. Um, Okay, (laughs) so if you want to like us on Instagram, you can do that at more booze, please. Yeah. Or if you have 
any haunted stories about the city of Huntsville, if you have any haunted stories about Salem, then just shoot us an email at plz at gmail.com. We love listener stories, so Or if you want to tell us about your hometown haunt, something that people don't really know about your hometown, that would be interesting. Maybe we'll feature it on a future episode. Very true. Go like and review us on Apple Podcasts, because we really like that, and we really like nice reviews. Don't leave us bad reviews, just nice reviews. If you don't have anything nice to say, please don't say anything at all. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, Hillary. (laughs) And on that note, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. If if you don't got nothing nice today, don't say nothing at all.